Walking with Jesus, serving with love, sharing with courage. Welcome to the PCOM Podcast. Hey everybody, Dan Van Voris here. It is good to be back on the PCOM pod this week, taking my uh, regular slot in the third Tuesday of the month. I was uh, happy to fill in for Jeff Given, and I'm happy to to have him back and to hear him uh, next month and, and Pastor Courtney. Uh, obviously, it's been great having her. Uh, also, it is Tuesday. If you're listening to this on the 17th, you might want to know that on the 18th, on Wednesday, I'm going to be teaching at PCOM at 11 o'clock. It's the midweek class for seniors that uh, Pastor Jackson usually does. I'm going to be uh, filling in for him, and uh, I hear they don't card. So if you want to show up, I'm, I'm sure they won't mind. It's a fun group. I got to uh, talk to them a little while back, and I had a good time. So when it comes to church history, um, one of the things that, that has always fascinated me is demographics, and especially demographics when it comes to belief and church attendance finding patterns and trajectories, and then asking questions about, one, how do we know these things? Like, how is the data collected? Which is always a sort of an interesting question under the, um, you know, sort of underneath it all. But uh, most importantly, I'm interested in these trends for the local church, because when it comes down to it, uh, we can do demographics all day. But if we're just talking about America, there's a big difference between Mission Viejo and um, Bentonville, Arkansas, where I just spent some time. So, you know, when I talk on my normal podcast, the, the Christian History Almanac, I'm talking to a broad group of people. It's global, mostly North American, but we've got global listeners and, and uh, attending all kinds of churches. And so I, I, I keep things pretty uh, generic. Uh, sometimes people ask me about my own personal preference, and I tend to stay away from that on that show just because I I want to have as, as wide a reach as possible. But one of the things I like about doing this PCOM pod is that um, I'm increasingly thinking more and more about our local church, PCOM, about the implications of church history, not just for a, a daily podcast, but, but for me and you and our life together. So this past week, actually oh, two days ago, Monday, on my show, I answered a question about the history of church attendance, and it led me into some interesting territory, looking at the population of the world, going back to the first century, and then trying to find the corresponding population of Christians. And as you might suppose, that's hard, because um, how honest are people when they're answering questions, and how reliable are the sample sizes? But I thought I would start out today's show by just giving you some highlights of that, and then turn to specific numbers in America today, and then think about what it all might mean for our local church, for PCOM and our ministries together. So uh, you may know the initial growth of Christianity is amazing, right? From a few disciples in 33 AD, and then growing um, remarkably. And, and this with Christianity being not legal and at times illegal. And by the year 200, we have perhaps 200,000 Christians. And by 250, maybe as many as 1 million. 
and then by 300, perhaps as much as 6 million. And all of this is before uh, Constantine and a thing called the Edict of Milan, which uh, came in the early 300s that made Christianity the sort of legal and then eventually de facto religion in the Roman Empire. And so we have the persecuted church growing at a rate we frankly have never seen before. So by the time we get to the year in between 300 and 500, the Christian church may have constituted as much as 10% of the global population. Does that number surprise you? Would you think it'd be higher or lower? By the year 1000, there were perhaps 70 million Christians in the world, and that constituted perhaps as much as 17% of the global population. So ask yourself again, do you think that's a high number? A low number? What do you think the percentage is today? I'm going to pause and I want you to ask yourself, of the global population, so think India and China and Africa, how many people or what percentage of the population identifies as Christian. I can tell you that Christianity is uh, still the largest of all global religions. All right, the number you might, if you listen to my show, then you know, but the number today is perhaps 32%, which compared to the 17% and the 10% is huge. And this, after the 1960s and 70s, saw a good bit of decline in the West. And the numbers between 2019 and 2022 are staggering. And we're still about at 32%. But what about the good old days? You know, before the World Wars, uh, there's a census we can go back to 1910. What's the population of, uh, of Christians in the world? It constitutes maybe 35%. Just 3% off what it is now. And so the, the church has shrunk a little. Uh, but it's still higher than any time in the past. Take 1700, right? And think old-timey Europe and, and uh, the colonies. And then it's still only 25% of the population. Now, the answer to this puzzle and where I went on, on my show was uh, the church is shrinking in the West, but it is growing elsewhere. There are more Christians in Africa than there are people in America. Think about that, right? Growth in, in Asia, growth in South America. Uh, I forget which of the pastors brought this up, but recently they, they pointed out that the average Christian is a uh, poor woman living south of the equator, right? It's, it's not the um, sort of leave it to beaver American, and so that, that was kind of the gist of my show last Monday and, and something I didn't bring up on that show, but I'll, I'll bring it up here, you know, special, special show is I'm actually working on a project that uh, deals with this very thing. Last week, I was in uh, the aforementioned Bentonville, Arkansas, home of Walmart, a curious place. Um, seriously, ask me about it sometime. I'm working on a documentary film. Uh, there's a, a team that had uh, received its funding and had its first steps, and then uh, things kind of fell out of order, and they asked me to come on board and, 
help guide their, now I suppose, our film. And as of right now, I'm going to be going to Europe in the spring, to France and Germany, and then Sweden and Scotland and England. And when I'm there, I'm going to be talking about the church with church leaders who have perhaps seen the future for us in America. There's a gentleman that, uh, that I know in Sweden who is, you know, in a very secular society and trying to do church work. And it's changed in his lifetime, and I think in a way that it's changing for us as well. And so that's kind of a fun project that uh, I get to, to work on. It's going to places where church attendance is hardly a given. Think about it. 1910, Europe led the world when it came to Christians. And now it's a stagnant number. In my own travels across Europe, I can't tell you how many cathedrals and churches I've seen that have been turned into to cafes or, or photo ops or places to buy a postcard. And so the question in this film and the question for us at PCOM is, what do we do in a society where church attendance is no longer the norm? Identifying as Christian is, um, you know, some stats suggest that by 2050, this Christianity will be a minority religion in America. I mentioned the staggering stats when it comes to post-COVID church going, and I'm sure our pastors know this uh, very well, as, as many people in the church are, are seeing that we haven't picked up uh, services and everything is pretty much back to normal, but attendance is not. According to some stats, we see church attendance, even just semi-regular attendance, drop below 50% for the first time in American history. The number of Christians in America had already been declining, but, but these church attendance patterns were, were decimated by COVID. Sorry, real fast. Can I, uh, I use the word decimated. And when you think decimated, you think like, oh, destroyed. Sorry, I don't mean to be pedantic, but decimated just means to lose 10%. Think decim. Okay, sorry. So now that 50% of people going to church, I've always looked at it with some suspicion, um, as have other statisticians and historians, that um, when it was perceived as the norm, then more people would answer it as if they were part of the norm, even if they weren't, if that makes sense. There have been sociologists who suggest that when it comes to regular members of a church, you know, someone who's there on Sunday, who's involved in the church body, that might, that number might be closer to 20% in America. But as I would remind my students all the time, and I'll remind you, America is a gigantic country and it's way different in different places, right? We're in the, we're in the Bible belt of the West coast, right? We've got I mean, this is the home of, of Calvary Chapel and of Saddleback, and, and Orange County has tended to be uh, sort of more religious, more Christian than our, our neighbors in, in Los Angeles and San Diego. But if you go to uh, the Northeast or you go to the Pacific Northwest, it's really different. Um, to mention Bentonville again, uh, just, sorry, it, it, it's a town that was created by Walmart for Walmart employees and others. And so it's like, in Northwest Arkansas, it just kind of popped up, and it looks like a 
like the back lot of Universal Studios. Um, I mean, just pristine, pristine, perfect. You, you feel like you're on the set of a movie when you walk around. But as I was driving from the airport to Bentonville, I saw so many churches uh, going through the South as I have a couple of times. That's a different place than, say, the, the Pacific Northwest or, um, you know, say the, the East Coast. So that's, that's one thing, you know, we, we've got we've to dig deep into these stats, and this is something that I'm going to be doing as, uh, as I work on this project. But where I kept going with the film crew last week was where this really matters is the local church and the individual, because we are people, we're individuals, we're not trends. And so ultimately it comes down to how we answer questions. Uh, Jesus's question is, who do you say that I am? Right? I mean, first he says, who do they say I am? Right? And uh, they give bad answers, you know, Elijah, John the Baptist. And, and that's a good question to ask and one we should ask. Who does culture say Jesus is? But you then have to go the next step with Jesus who says, who do you say that I am? So I'd like to ask you and myself reflexively a few questions. And uh, if you want to stop me at church and, and answer these to me, I'd love to hear it. But uh, this is also just for you. Why do you go to church? Why do you get up on Sunday morning? If, if you tell someone, I go to PCOM, why? And why PCOM? What is it about our church that keeps you coming back? I think these are, are healthy things to, to ask ourselves and, and to, to then use the, the positive answers to grow and to, to use any self-criticism to, to also grow. Let me ask you, do you think others should go to church? And if others should go to church, should they come to our church? That is, what do we have to offer? I mean, do we just like it for ourselves because it's like our club? Or do we have something for other people? As a guy who is pretty new to PCOM, it's, uh, it's a little easier for ha perhaps for me to answer these questions. I go to church because I need Jesus and a community of believers. And I come to PCOM because there are people here serious about Jesus and being the community of Jesus. I was in a, a strange situation for a, a decade when I was teaching at uh, Concordia University in Irvine. Part of the contract there is that you have to be a member in good standing at a particular kind of Lutheran church. So part of my answer, why do I go to church, I mean, kind of crassly, was, well, it's in my contract. And Beth Ann and I and the family, we had two churches where there was some good, good stuff going on and people who, who lived for the gospel and, and taking it to other people. But, um, I, you know, I've told the story enough. COVID cut us off for almost a year. I changed, changed jobs and my contract today says nothing about going to church. But we've come and stayed because we hear about Jesus and we pray and we praise God corporately. And we found community. We've jumped into various ministries and tried to find others to hold us accountable. We love that PCOM has these opportunities that we can uh, jump into. I had never been a member of a men's small group before. 
In fact, the only small group I'd ever been in was a couples group when Beth Ann and I were first married. Interestingly enough, at Irvine Presbyterian Church, it's uh, not all Lutheran churches do small group stuff. And so it's just, you know, we didn't do it. And I remember when uh, they were first starting up two falls ago, and uh, I was laying in bed at night and I said to Beth Ann, hey, we should, we should do it. We should, you know, join the ch- a small group. And she was taken aback, not because it was a bad idea, but because it's just something we didn't do. And, and I, I admit, as a, an academic type, I can be a bit of a hermit sometimes. Uh, so we jumped in, and it, it really changed our, our church life. And I'm not telling you what to do, but I've found that community centered in the good news of Jesus is what keeps me coming back. And as long as that's what PCOM does, I want to be a part of it. In our increasingly secular age, perhaps we shouldn't be thinking as much why you should come to my church as why you should go to church in the first place. Uh, I I think back to the 90s, and I think of, you know, sort of churches uh, oftentimes growing by taking people from other churches to go to their church, and, you know, people can do what they want, but that pool is, is, you know, that's not always going to work, and there are more and more people who are just checking out. And frankly, you can find community online in a way that you couldn't in the 90s. Partisan clubs where everyone agrees with you, those are easy to find. That's what Facebook's for. We can find community at the, uh, the YMCA. Perhaps uh, you've got a family, a big family, and you can just dive deep into that and forget the outside world insofar as, you know, they aren't your kids' coaches or teachers. So I think... Uh, the point of of this is asking, why do we come to church? Why PCOM? How does this look in our changing context, right, in this uh, era of, of secularization? How will our ministries continue as church becomes less of a, a given, even in Orange County? I come back to the third part of our podcast and church tagline, sharing with courage. What does that look like? And sharing what? I'm sure the committee that put together uh, that, that tagline has all kinds of answers, and there's probably a PowerPoint, um, but that's that, what are we sharing? And why does it take courage? I think it takes more courage today and will continue to take more courage, and so perhaps we need to encourage each other. In the meantime, I'll be thinking about this a lot as I work on this documentary project, as I continue to enjoy our community, but then ask these questions, questions about the state of the church and where we are historically. I'm sorry I don't have a lot of answers. Uh, I'm a church historian, so you can ask me uh, a lot about what's happened in the past, but when it comes to the present and future, uh, I'm I'm here with you. So that's uh, uh, that's that. One last thing, as the the team for this documentary was meeting last week, the the team was looking, we still don't have a title or we're not sure what it's going to be or tagline or, um, so we were just kind of throwing stuff out there. And interestingly, one of a few that has risen to the top has been one that I suggested. And you might know it if I tell you it was on the first bulletin I received when I visited PCOM a few years ago, and it's how I sign off every show on the PCOM pod, the reminder so important and necessary to unpack for ourselves and others the news that Jesus 
is good news. That's my time for the month. Peace be with you. I'll see you at church.